Hear that? Believe it or not, summer is just around the corner. Luckily, Armorall, America's most trusted auto appearance brand, has what your car needs to get that perfect summer shine. Plus, now through May 31st, we'll give you $5 for every $20 you spend on Armorall products. That means car wash pods, protectant, tire shine, you name it. Find out how to get your $5 rebate at Armorall.com. Armorall, less work, more clean. Terms apply. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. From Autosport Magazine, Autosport.com, I'm Kevin Turner and this is the Autosport Podcast. And with the Aston Martin Autosport BRDC Young Driver Year Award is back after a year away and the four young finalists are now currently in that slightly awkward wait between doing the all-important tests at Silverstone and finding out which one of them has won £200,000. I'm very pleased to say that joining me uh, for this podcast is one of those finest, Louis Foster. Louis, how are you doing? Yeah, I'm good, thanks. Um, since the award, just kind of been chilling at college, but um, yeah, all good. I was going to ask you how how bad is the weight? Have you been busy enough that it, you've not been able to think? You've not been able to think about it. Well, I mean, I've got other distractions to keep me busy, so I haven't been at home every day wondering. But um, yeah, of course, it's on my mind. But uh, yeah, I've, I've got schoolwork to do, and I've got other things and bits and bobs testing. So I've had other things to keep my mind off of it. So yeah, good stuff, good stuff. And I'm also pleased to say that joining me is a is a former winner, benchmark driver, and current judge, Alexander Sims. What what have you been up to since uh, since we were judging the young guys at Silverstone a month or so ago? It's mad how days roll roll into another continuously and you kind of just it's one big blur but no all good yeah absolutely and of course not you're not so nervous ahead of the Autosport Awards this time you can just rock up and enjoy it unlike 2008 presumably nice I mean I I really look back fondly on that that period um it's always the same with that sort of nervous energy that you have it's horrible at the time but when you look back it makes it fantastic um but no this time it's far far more relaxed Louis, why don't you give us um, just a little bit of an idea of how you got into motorsport and, and why you want to be a racing driver? Um, yeah, so basically family runs in my history, in my bloodline basically. Um, 
granddad used to do uh he wrote initial rule books for karting in the blue book with the msa um and then dad used to do some rallying for a while back you'll probably remember that kevin um and then he did some gt stuff and touring cars uh, about 10 years ago uh, then i jumped into it i started karting at five years old uh with me my brother and my dad as a weekend hobby fun thing to do um did that for quite a while then jumped into juniors f4 bridge f3 year formula uh, and each year just kind of stepped up and and uh you know progress up the ladder um why i want to be a driver you know i was kind of introduced to, to, to it from a young age it's kind of all i've really known and the one thing that i've been definitely quite good at um so yeah i really enjoy it it's it's kind of a a thrill you don't get anywhere else um and yeah, you you just can't reciprocate it anywhere else. So that's why I love doing it. Yeah, probably worth saying to the to the listeners that so it was Nick Foster who obviously did British touring car touring cars at WSR alongside Colin Turkett and Rob Collard. So yeah, I guess you've been around paddocks and service parks uh, for most of your life. What about you, Alexander? How did you get into into motorsport in the first place? More by chance than anything. I had weirdly had no desire to be involved in racing at all. Um, just my brother started karting because my dad thought it would be a fun thing to do. My brother did it for, a, I think it was a year or two. Um, and then it was literally just I had a go and thought, oh, this is actually pretty cool. Um, and, and it slowly snowballed from there through club karting um, into yeah national karting and, and, and on and on. And surely you were better than your brother as well. It's got a bit of brotherly rivalry perhaps or, or did he stop by the time you started? Um, it, it was literally he stopped and I started. It was there was very little, if any, crossover at all. Um, so no, I will give him the dignity of us never knowing who was better. <laughs> How very diplomatic. Um, well, Louis, let's look at this this season and what what got you chosen um, for the award finals, uh, and that was obviously your efforts in Euro Formula Open. Um, but you had quite an unusual way of doing it because you were doing it from the states, weren't you? United States, European based championship, and you were doing it across the Atlantic each time. So, well, first of all, was that that must have been quite a strain in itself? But yeah, you know, how did the season go for you? Yeah, well, firstly, the um, the whole stage traveling, that only started in the last three rounds, luckily. If it was the entire year, then we might have taken a different look on things and possibly not have done Euro Formula. But it was only the last three rounds when I moved out here. Um, but, yeah, no, obviously the season was was amazing. Um, I finished British F3 the prior year, um, 2020. Kind of, again, as the same as every other year, you know, up there and wasn't much point me doing a second year. There was a possibility last year of me doing a second year. Um, but I think for my progression up the motorsport ladder, it would not have been the, the, the correct thing to do. So we moved, um, to motorpark, uh, for the 2021 season with the Euro formula. Um, and yeah, it went really well. Uh, every track that we, I had previous experience at, we did really well, uh, polled it pretty on most of the tracks that I, I had, uh, had previous experience and the pace was strong, uh, all the time. It was the, the tracks where I didn't have previous experience and, the first run on the track was like FP1. I found it quite tricky. Uh, we did a, a lot of pre-work, uh, pre-event work, so like simulator, data, video, just trying to really get me in tune to the track before I got there because there was no prior test days. Um, that was probably the biggest challenge of this year, uh, having to learn these tracks when you know my main competitor Cam had done four or five years of the championship, so they kind of knew the tracks at the back of his hand. Um, but I think we had a strong performance in, in pretty much every single track. Uh, obviously, the strongest being Spa, uh, winning all three races. 
But, you know, again, this year, it, all it was for is for um, learning. And, and I, I say this after every year, my career ambition is not to be British F4 champion, British F3 champion, Euroform champion. It's to, it's to learn and, and get to the top two IndyCar where I want to go. Um, and every step along the way is, is, is one step closer to getting there. So, you know, at my junior stage of my career, it's all about learning. And I think this year we've learned so much and, and I'll use what I've learned for, for years to come. And that, that's the old spec Formula 3 car as well, isn't it? Which has been known as a very good uh, training car and lots and lots of drivers come through that. Was that was that part of your decision to, to do that championship? Yeah, 100%. Um, we were looking at doing uh, the Renault uh, Alpine thingy. I don't, of course, I don't know what the name is anymore. Formula Regional the, European the, by Alpine, I think it is now, yeah. That's, yeah, that one. <laughs> Rolls that, off the, the tongue, right? We were looking at doing that. It's, <laughs> it's quite a long name, yeah. Um, we were looking at doing that, but there was a few issues that were with it, and we we thought it would, we thought the correct decision would be to go with the Euro Formula. Um, obviously, the championship is perceived as being less competitive. Uh, obviously, it's a lot less cars, um, and there isn't as much of a route to Formula One in that championship as there is with the Alpine Championship. Um, but nevertheless, you know, I, like I said, it's all about learning, and I would have I've learned a hundred times more than I learned in would have learned in the Alpine car than I did in the Euro Formula. Um, so yeah, that's, that's game one. We chose a championship and I still think it's the correct decision. And, and Alexander, you've experienced lots of different, um, junior categories or single seater categories sort of on, on your way up. Uh, was there any one that you think, yeah, that was the one I learned the most or, or did you, was it all just putting the building blocks together as you went along? It was F3 by far, I would say was the, the standout car, um, because I raced it in a few different championships, um, but it was always that car that I, I look back on a fondly from an enjoyment perspective, but also you know the, the driving differences that you had to make were so critical and so fine that um, it just taught you taught me to be a very disciplined driver with with my inputs into the car. Um, and yeah, still to this day, I, I look back on it. That that's the car that helped me be where I am now. Really, um, everything I learned was, is is still relevant to this day. Yeah, I think you could probably make a case for that iteration or that family of Delaras, F three Delaras, going back as sort of one of the most important lines of cars in junior single seater history. Really, so um, but that's that's a so. bit of, often so. a tangent there. Yes, but um, well, <laughs> good thing we're talking about cars because obviously. Um, the big part of the, of the award tests, uh, obviously you had the, the Mercedes simulator and athletic thinking fitness tests prior to the Silverstone runs, uh, and then all four finalists got to run in Motorsport Vision Formula 2 machinery, Garage 59, Aston Martin GT3 car, and uh, BBM Sport Genetta LMP3. So Louis, uh, t- going to you, were you able to do much in the way of preparation for any of that? Uh, or were you just too busy flying backwards and forwards and, and doing your Euro Formula campaign? Um, I did as much preparation as I realistically could have. Um, when I got the call from you letting me know that I was a finalist, my schedule was absolutely jam-packed. I mean, the uh, the award for me was the last thing on my, or one of the last things on my calendar for a month straight of travelling um, cross-Atlantic flights for an entire month back and forth. Um so I, I did as much as I could. I wasn't able to get out in any of the cars prior, apart from the shakedown uh, in the MSV car and the seat fit. But um, I did a simulator session in the GT3 car with Johnny Adams. 
Um, that went well. And then the LMP3 car, uh, GT3 and F2 car, I managed to speak to either previous award takers, previous winners, engineers, other drivers, just to get an idea of how the car kind of works. Um, myself as a driver, I tend to be able to, if I can kind of understand a car before I drive it, or once I understand how the car is supposed to be driven, how it works, and this could be over a phone call if it's explained to me, um, I can then get into the car and uh, perform a lot better. Um, I think we saw this at the award with the F2 car once I kind of got my head around it and fully figured it out um, and I was comfortable in it. I was then able to push a lot more and my pace drastically improved. Um, but yeah, with regards to, to preparation, mainly it was just simulator stuff, uh, looking at onboards, talking to engineers and drivers and stuff like that. And was there a, a standout car or even just a standout session that you look back on and go, yeah, that was, I, I nailed that. You know, that, that went really well. Um, yeah, probably, probably towards the end of the F2, uh, the, the days, I mean, um, obviously the first day I was taking my time. Like I said, I was trying to understand the car, get my head around it. Um, and then, yeah, I kind of, on the last three sessions, of the F2 car, that's when I was fully comfortable and that's when I pushed 100%, not push 100%, but like was able to give it everything because I was happy with where the car is and how it was going to handle and what it was going to do. Um, so those sessions were good. I think we had a really strong pace then. Um, uh, but yeah, I mean, I enjoyed driving all the cars. I quite, I struggled a little bit with the GT3 car. Uh, it's quite different to everything I'd driven before. And um, apart from doing the Porsche award a few years back, but that was you know, two years ago and kind of the driving a GT car kind of went out of my head. Um, but I did really enjoy the LMP3 car. I was, uh, prior to going to the award, I think there's an uh, article saying about it but um i did say that that was probably the car i was most looking forward to driving and uh, i did enjoy it the most the lmp3 car yeah that's cool and and alexander this is we've said before this is quite an unusual uh situation to be having three cars in one you know in one day or two days um and obviously it's known as a single seater award they spend most of the time in the f2 car but it's actually amazing how often the other two cars give us some really interesting insights into the driver's approaches. So what are you looking for across the three, you know, the three cars on the two days? Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think the few years that I've been a judge, the, the non F2 cars, as it were, because they have changed over the years, um, have been the, the place where big big things happen you know you, you really see differences of standout performances in in certain conditions in those cars for some reason i guess it's because the relative lack of laps that the drivers have done um and so if someone does just you know get in the rhythm quickly then they can get on the pace asap um but i think what we're looking for over the three cars really is ultimately lap time it has got to be king you know that's the the main thing that we are looking for but um the the fact that they're able to jump in between three different cards gives us an idea of their adaptability to different situations um understanding the the car as much as they can before they get in and whether they can um i, I guess preempt how to get lap time out of a car before they've driven it. Um, it's all really interesting scenarios that we're able to to put these guys through um, to to assess them, to see a whole host of, of different of different attributes that they have. 
yeah, it's, I, I, I kind of look at it as uh, the F2 cars are often the ones that, that decide the award obviously having four guys you know four cars on track at one time makes our jobs a lot easier as judges but often the most memorable part is a standout performance in in one of the other cars jensen button back when he won in 98 was amazing in the nissan super tour you wouldn't think it but you know he just got it and nailed it alexander i won't go on too much but he was mega in the dtm car when he won lando norris in the dtm car as well um yeah the most memorable uh moments often come from the other cars i think they really add something to the award and hopefully give the finalists uh, some experience of, of something that might be useful for them later in their career um which brings us nicely on to the next part louis what what is the big plan you mentioned indycar what are you doing next year what's the what's your career path look like over the next season or two um yeah so most likely it's going to be indy pro i'm finalizing a contract um, with a team which will be announced, I have no idea when, but hopefully soon. Uh, probably this side of Christmas, I'd assume. Um, so yeah, the plan next year is to do Indy Pro 2000, um, win that, win the scholarship money, then go to Indy Lights, win that, win the scholarship money, and then go to IndyCar. That's that's the set in stone goal. Um, obviously, this puts a bit more pressure on me for the next two years than I have had previously, because... You know, like I said before about the career ambition not being to win F4, F3 or Euro Formula, the next two years I have to win it uh, to get the prize money because obviously, you know, to get that prize money would be really helpful, um, especially with budgets being so high nowadays. Um, so, yeah, I mean, fortunately, we've got great backing with Copart. So that that's that's realistically where we're going to be. It's going to be Indy Pro, Indy Lights and Indy Car. So hopefully in the next two, three years, we should be at the end goal. And then from there on, have, hopefully have a long and successful career in IndyCar. Uh, and then, you know, if one day a route opens up to F1, then we'll see what we can do. Um, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it at the moment. We've been doing tests in the Indy Pro. I did the um, Chris Griffith from Memorial Test in Indianapolis like uh, two weeks ago now. Had a really strong pace. Um, I think we were P1 pretty much every session, uh, apart from the sessions where we didn't put new tyres on. Um but yeah, that's that's pretty much it. And why have you gone for the American route? Is it because of your studies? Is it because the the route, the path there is clearer and a bit more sensible? Let's be honest. Or is it you've always wanted you always wanted to win the Indy Five Hundred? What's the what's the motivation behind that switch? Well, I would say it's a mixture of the three, probably. Um, probably about a year and a half ago, I decided that the route for me would be IndyCar. I mean, back when I was doing Genetta Juniors. Um, we thought I'd be in just juniors for like three years. So when I was doing juniors, it was a bit of fun, really. Uh, it was only until I actually showed some potential in you know, my second, third race that we decided it could be a proper good career in, in motorsport. Um, and then, yeah, going through the motorsport ladder, we kind of realized, you know, in, in F4 and F3 that there's a definite split in the road in Europe. You either go GTs or you go single-seaters. And single-seater budget after, when as soon as you go European, especially FIA, F3, the budgets just like go through the roof. Um, so yeah, that wasn't necess- that wasn't really an option for us. Um, on top of that, luckily, obviously, like I mentioned before, we have Copart. Um, they're a US-based company, uh, which helps. Um, they'd be willing to, to you know support us further, especially if we're based in their home country where their biggest market is. Um, and yeah, the the education side of things. I kind of only really came here to study um, because I was racing out here as well. If I was racing in Europe, I wouldn't have come to America to study. Uh, there would be not much point. 
Um, so I just kind of linked the two, hence why there was a three to two, three month um, kind of like interlapping period this year where I was racing in Europe and studying in America. It's basically because the school calendar starts in September, but the racing calendar finishes in October. It's purely that simple. Um, but yeah, that's the main reason, really. Um, I also think there's a bit more opportunity in America than there is in Europe at the moment, especially not just single-seaters, but also GTs and LMPs. There's just more opportunities. Well, I wanted to bring Alexander in at this point. I mean, yes, I mean, at IMSA, the uh, LMDH is going to arrive soon, isn't it, with lots of works teams, and I think we could be in for quite a good period in, in sports car racing. But Alexander, obviously you've raced in, in IMSA as well, in, in, in GTs. Uh, was it, would it be fair to say that maybe it's a bit more fun as well than the European scene? Some old school tracks, it's kind of got quite a friendly vibe to it. Yeah, I, th- I think it's got a fantastic um, mixture of um circuits that are well ha- have a more raw feeling i would say um slightly more old school motorsport feeling to them um you know paddocks are not particularly fancy there are pretty much just you know portaloos everywhere and well, i was going to say burger vans and things but they do bring a, a decent um set of catering to to imsa races for the paddock but uh, you know th- there's no there's no real facilities, to be honest, at most circuits. Um, the racing is designed to be exciting rather than necessarily 100% fair the whole time, um, which is great for the fans. And actually, I've realized is fantastic to be involved in as well. I don't really care if I'm leading and there's a safety car because there's a bit of carbon on the track that conveniently needs a safety car to be you know, recovered and I lose my 10 second lead or whatever, it's exciting. You know, the restart is fantastic and I would do that every single time, honestly. Um, And yeah, the, the the potential to be a professional, I think is, is also greater in the States as a, as a driver. There are more roles, not necessarily just in, in factory roles. I think the pro-am landscape is, is pretty strong. Um, not just in IMSA, but across a, a lot of other categories as well. I think there's there's a decent amount of people earning earning money, even in GT4. You know, you just don't get that, as far as I'm aware, anyway. Um, in in England, in in Europe, where you have a pro driver who's actually earning some cash. You know, it's it's few and far between. Whereas in the states, it, it's pretty strong. Yeah, well, it's nice to hear a, a young driver with such a such a firm plan. Um, sometimes we speak to people at this time of year and they go, oh, I don't know what I'm going to do next year and it's uh, it can be quite difficult. Not necessarily through any fault of their own, of course, but uh, yeah, it's nice to hear that Louis's got such a, such a good plan. So Louis, shorter term, what are you doing between now and the 19th of December? Are you carrying on studies? When, when do you get to have a break from studying and testing and driving? Do, do you get to relax at all? Well, luckily you've come at the right time because it's Thanksgiving break now, actually. Um, so all of the American colleagues have um, gone back home to their wherever they're from in wherever. So my, my roommate's gone back to Seattle. He's not here. There's no class. So I'm just milling about doing whatever with other international students who also don't celebrate Thanksgiving because they're not American. Um, so yeah, I'm just this week I've got off and then yeah, it, it gets, it starts busying up again, kind of like two weeks or so. I've got more testing. Then I've got finals. And then I come back uh, at the end of my finals week to the Autosport Awards. And then I'm only in the UK for a few weeks and then I go back to America again. But um, 
yeah, it's it's kind of full on, but it's not too bad. I'm not not like absolutely loaded with stuff. This is obviously the one off season part, but as Alex knows, there really isn't an off season. It's just the off season is is cardio season, so it's, it's not too much fun. Well, hopefully you'll have you'll have the chance to at least you know open a beer at some point, maybe maybe chill for a for a little while. Twenty one here, I can't. Oh. Well, you have to you have to have that when you fly back then. <laughs> yeah, just will be. <laughs> well, Louis Foster, thank you very much for for your time and joining us. Alexander Sims, thank you as well, and uh, thank you uh, for tuning in, uh, the listener and the All Sport. The Aston Martin Autosport BRDC Award uh, winner will be announced at the Autosport Awards. Uh, thanks very much for listening. We'll be back soon with another Autosport podcast. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. I love the playoffs. Anything can happen. But the best part? It's like bonus football. And bonus football means betting bonuses with Gambit DC. For a limited time, you can get boosted deposits by 57% up to $1,000 on the Gambit DC app and up to a 57% multi-sport parlay boost at Gambit DC retail locations. It's the most exciting time to be a fan. So make your play and get the home field advantage with Gambit DC. Limited time offer, terms and conditions apply. Please buy responsibly. Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.